0: The cartoon Ziggy, created by Tom Wilson and then carried on by Tom Wilson II, has been a regular in the comic pages for about 50 years. Ziggy, you may know, is this little diminutive character with really no features except a huge nose, and his strip is all about uh, the essence of life in these changing times. In fact, Ziggy often gets to the heart of the matter by seeking answers to the meaning of life. It's a common theme in the strip. He climbs up and he asks, what's the meaning of life? Uh, For example, in one cartoon, Ziggy climbs all the way to the mountain, into the clouds, and the wise man says, "Uh, the meaning of life is exactly what they told you in school. Sit down, pay attention, and be quiet. Or in another, Ziggy climbs up and he has this inquisitive look on his face and the wise man says, do you have any coupons? (laughs) Or in another one, Ziggy climbs only to hear from the wise man, I can't answer you today, our computers are down, (laughs) like we experienced this week at the church. Throughout the Holy Scriptures, this theme of looking to the mountains for wisdom, it's all through the Scriptures. You might recall that Moses went to the mountaintop to encounter God, and he came down with God's plans for the covenant community, the Ten Commandments. You might recall that Psalm, the favorite Psalm, 121, that says, I look to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And we heard again in our first lesson today from Isaiah 2, the mountain of the Lord shall be established and many people shall come and say, let us go to the mountain of the Lord and he will teach us his ways so that we can walk in his paths. There's this sense in scripture that we need to quit looking down all the time. There's this sense in Scripture that we need to quit looking down all the time at our phones and our tablets. There's this sense in Scripture that we look up and we find wisdom from God, from the mountaintop. And like our first lesson says, it's going to be transformative. God's way is going to change us. They'll beat their swords into plowshares, and they'll beat their spears into pruning hooks, and how much do we long for that in these days for our world? So it's familiar, then, this going to the mountain when we get to Matthew 5 and we encounter Jesus. In Matthew 4, Jesus has been very busy with public ministry. He's called his disciples, and you remember, they dropped their nets on the Sea of Galilee, And they followed Jesus. And then it says he went about proclaiming the good news of the gospel about the kingdom. And he went about curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread around the whole region of Syria. And they brought to him all the sick. It says the demoniacs, the epileptics, the paralytics. And he cured them. And then it says, Jesus saw all the crowds coming, and so he went up to the mountain. And he sat down, and he taught. Wisdom comes from on high. Jesus begins teaching, and what follows is the Sermon on the Mount. All the actions of the gospel, then, that have been happening, this teaching, this this healing, and gathering and the crowds, all of that is interrupted with Jesus sitting down and talking, teaching from the mountain. Wisdom. He wants to be about preventative medicine, not just doing public health. He wants to be curative, not just heal the sick. Jesus' teaching encourages us to hear with our ears and Learn in our hearts and follow with our lives so that we as disciples then can then become antibodies out into the world. That's Jesus' plan. Good words can help us. Good words can heal us from the inside out. And as Isaiah puts it, the people come to the mountain and they're looking up. The people come, we come. Looking to Jesus to learn his ways so we can walk in his paths. And with all of this teaching from the mountain, he gives the meaning of life. The meaning of life. We live in a world that pronounces the benediction, the blessing on the self-sufficient. We live in a world that pronounces blessing on the assertive. We live in a world that pronounces the benediction on the power brokers. Yet the teachings of Jesus from the mount remind us that the poor in spirit and the meek and the peacemakers are the ones truly blessed. So in the Beatitudes, as Sam Adams got us going on this last week, the world's values are being turned upside down. And today we have the second Beatitude... This is what Jesus says. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This is the word of the Lord. Six syllables. Blessed are those who mourn. Six syllables. The Greek word here for mourn Pentheon is the strongest word for mourning that you could find. It means way more than feeling sad. It means way more than having an unfortunate day. This is the reference, mourning, to deep heartache that goes along with intense weeping and wailing. This is a sorrow that is intensely personal and poignant. So think about a father who has just learned that his daughter has been killed suddenly, unexpectedly, and violently, maybe in a classroom by a deranged shooter with an automatic weapon. When the father learns this news, all he can do is fall to the ground and scream. Think about a mother who's woken up in the early dawn because police officers are at her door knocking and knocking, trying to wake her up, only to tell her that her high school daughter was killed in a horrible accident and is not going to come home. She is stunned, so stunned, she can't move. Think about a family fleeing from terror in Central America or fleeing from the violence in Syria and find themselves being separated probably forever into some rugged refugee camp or a cage maybe. Think about a grieving husband who has to figure out life now without a beloved partner or spouse. Some of you know all too well about this think about a whole people with a boot on their neck oppressed for far too long and still living in a complex culture with lots of challenges think about a chronic situation for a loved one an addiction or a new disease that hangs like a heavy pall over a whole family. Think about the imprisoned, literally imprisoned or figuratively imprisoned who can't seem to escape the dread, the depression, and deal with intense, piercing ache every day. Six syllables. Blessed are those who mourn. Those six syllables want to convey that God is paying close attention with great love for people who are mourning. Jesus teaches from the mountain that God is so present with those covered up with overwhelming, piercing pain. There's no object For the mourning in this sentence. Mourning is part of life. Mourning can overwhelm us. Mourning can come to all of us. There's no object in this sentence. It's just six syllables. Blessed are those who mourn. And the form of the verb in this beatitude only heightens the message. It's not those who mourned once and are no longer mourning because they're beyond mourning. It's not that. It is those who mourn, who are now mourning. That's who God blesses. God covers with affection. God covers with attention in deepest sadness, in piercing loss, in poignant desperation. We are in God's strong and steadfast hands. Blessed are those who mourn. Six syllables. How can we say this? Mourning like that is so difficult. How can we say this? Blessed mourning is so hard, so overwhelming. How can we say this? We've talked before about thin places. Thin places. Thin places are those moments and those experiences when the human and the divine uh, come into intimate proximity. Thin place is where the visible and the invisible come close to each other. A thin place is when we have a fresh and powerful sense that God is real, and God is at work, and it's true. Where do we find Jesus in all the Gospels? page after page. Where do we find Jesus? Well, Jesus invites the sick and the suffering to come to him. Jesus reaches out to the truly broken and the wounded. Jesus encounters mothers wailing in grief. Jesus blesses fathers who are beaten up with heartache, with nowhere to turn. Jesus knows children who have no parents. Jesus meets those imprisoned and sets them free. Instead of having suffering alienate alienate us from God, we as faithful people need to remember that God always, always shows up in the midst of suffering. That's all through the Scriptures, all through the Bible. I heard you crying in the wilderness. I saw you crying at the tomb. I heard your tears in the darkness of the night. I heard you from the middle of the belly of the whale. I heard you wailing. This is the message of Scripture. God hears our cries. And we can even appreciate that when we're crying, God is crying. That's how much God cares about us. God knows our deepest grief, even the death of a son. God understands our desperation. And the promise is for us. Nothing in life or death, not height nor depth, not anything can separate us From God's love. Jesus says, come to me, those who are heavily burdened, I'll give you rest. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. See, our deepest suffering, our most desperate grief, our wailing, our debilitating sadness can indeed become a thin place. A season, if we're open to it, to discovering even God's presence and compassion and care, God's comfort, God's light, God's hope, God's peace. For they will be comforted, Jesus says. For they will be comforted. William Barclay says that there's more in this one promise than can ever be conveyed in one word. There's more in this promise that could ever be conveyed in one word, comforted. The Greek word here is perakaleion. Perakaleion does mean to console, to comfort. When we open our hearts to God's presence and care in our piercing suffering and our poignant losses, God will enfold us. God will console us. God will comfort us. That's the promise. But this word also means to summon us as an ally, to invite us close by God's side as a helper, as an advocate. It is used to invite people to the feasting table, to be fed in abundance as an honored guest. Blessed are those who have deep and devastating grief They will be pulled into the intimacy of God. That is the promise. Blessed are those who are so overwhelmed with losses too deep for words, they will be fed abundantly at God's table. Blessed are those who feel most distraught with the difficulties of life. They will find encouragement and help and strength from God. And this same word is used in the Gospel of John uh, just when Jesus' disciples are so afraid that he's leaving them. They're so afraid that they're going to be left without them. Jesus says, do not be afraid. I will leave with you the paraclete, the paraclean, the advocate, the comforter. And you will be blessed. Blessed are those who mourned because the comforter will be there to comfort you. Jesus is the comforter who will never leave you. That's the promise, the presence, the abiding way of God consoling us. All of this is meant to encourage us. This is meant to pour light into the darkness that we feel is covering us so fully. This is meant to fill our hearts with peace and give us strength when we feel like morning leaves us stuck to the floor. This is meant to remind us that God's love is forever. It's forever. Holding us, never letting us go. Comfort. So, some of you love Latin and so many of you love literary things. This is a helpful phrase. Solvature ambulando that's a phrase attributed to Augustine from the early part of the 5th century a great theologian but its origin even goes further back than Augustine solvature ambulando it means it is solved by walking it is solved by walking see some things indeed you can figure out some things if you get the right information you can move along Some things are, you know, you get the code, so to speak, you can move along. Some things, uh, you know, you deal with it, you get the right answer, the right medicine, the right situation, and you can get there. But some things, some things come only as we make our way. As we are engaged in the process, as we journey through life, solvature, ambulando. It is solved by walking. When Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted I think we learn indeed it is solved by walking. Solvature ambulando. When we're covered up, see, covered up by the deep intense pain and grief By morning, covered up with heartache and darkness, we experience God's comfort and we experience God's care as we strive little by little to keep walking. We wake up another day and we try to comprehend one more time, the Lord is near. Just try to hear it try to comprehend it. We open our hearts as we can to the love of friends, the love of family as failing as it is so that it can give us comfort and support. We try as hard as that is because the tears are often right below the surface we try to laugh. We try to live. We try to keep going. Solvature Ambulando. We come to worship. We sing even when we cannot sing. The congregation sings for us. We pray even though we can't come up with the right words. But the church family is praying with us and for us and alongside us. And we let the community's prayers cover us and help us. We take a step. And we take another step. Letting hope and courage empower us into the next stage. Soverture ambulando. It's solved by walking. We lose what we cherish most. We realize that we're always adjusting into the next phase, the next chapter, the next season. It feels like we can only walk with our heads down Our hearts aching. And then we hear Jesus' words. God blesses those who mourn. God's attention. God's affection. They are for us. And we open to it. And we find comfort. This is the truth. This is the wonderful promise of God. We look up. We keep walking. God never leaves us. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. Amen. Let us pray. We believe, O God, help our unbelief. And show us the way, O God, to comfort and to life. Amen.